You're now listening to the Bad Guy Radio production of Black and White featuring Green Eye Soup, Ozzy, and your boy King Mac. What's up, King Mac? I appreciate you. What's up, big dog? How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. I can't complain. As usual. What's up, Ozzy? How you doing? Yeah, very good, fellas. Absolutely very good. Yep. Hell yeah. We can't coming off a Coming off a strong month of Sox baseball and a pity about the rain delay today, but I think it gave the fellas a bit of a rest, to be honest. So it was probably a uh, blessing in disguise. Yeah, especially when you got uh, some of the old guys injured. Like uh, Green, I was talking about when you got uh, Abreu, he's a little nagged up, eating, he has a little nagging injury. And then I think uh, T.A. was kind of having a nagging little injury too. So it's good for the boys to get a rest. And another positive is Lynn ain't got a uh, pitch on short rest like he would have had, had to pitch today on short rest. So that worked out as yeah, well. Yeah, correct. Yeah, uh, that that yeah, was yeah. Uh, uh, another big thing was Lance Linton getting back to a regular situation. Because remember, guys, he just got off the IL, you know, a few starts ago, and his starts really ain't been crispy clean. The results been there, but they all of them high leverage innings, probably three to five high leverage innings. So he's been his usage rate been up. I'm glad he could take a deep breath and relax, get back into his rhythm of pitching, even though. Uh, he just got off the IL. This day right here can really get us back on track and healthy. Yeah, and I know it was an early game anyway, but they called it nice and early as well, didn't they? To my knowledge, yeah. so that would have, yeah. you know, they wouldn't have had to stress out too much or even probably get to the ballpark. I, um, yeah, it was a good early call. Notify the fellas, you know, take the day off. You'll be right. Let's go back to Chicago, beat Detroit, and um. No, I think it was well played all around by uh, MLB and the and the weathermen and whoever makes the, the the decisions. So, um, no, you're right. A few of the fellas carrying knocks. You don't want to don't want to put them out in the lineup, but you also need them in your lineup if you want to beat um, Cleveland or at least not lose to Cleveland again. Um, they're a little pesky, the Indians, aren't they? They just, I mean, we could never pull away. I mean, we pulled away a little bit, but I mean, it'd be nice to be seven or eight up on them. Yeah, yeah and the crazy thing is I hate them choking ass, uh, that choking <laughs> ass team. They took away all my damn good jokes against the Cubs. And, you know, I, I, it used to be the Twins was at the top of the, of my list as far as hated rivals. But the Indians, they moved to number one because they choked the damn World Series away to the fucking Cubs. Took away fantastic jokes I had. And I had to fucking live through that tragedy of a fucking World Series and motherfucking Cubs fans going crazy and seemed like it was a spit in my face or something, <laughs> you know. Yeah, we're, just, still, we're still living it. We're yeah. still living it. <laughs> just I'll, I'll never forgive the Indians for letting the Cubs win the World Series, even though that's not my most hated rival. I'm not letting that shit slide ever. Uh, that was man. the worst fucking day of my life. Okay. And you're responsible, Cleveland. That's you're fucking what, responsible. Yeah. Uh, Especially uh, Jason Jason Kipnis, he got off too easy, I think, coming out and basically saying it's in the bag, and he's from Chicago, probably a Cubs fan, and then they end up losing it. Oh man, that fucking 
Like I say, it was one of the worst days of my life. But the White Sox came off a great May. They was uh, 19 and 10 in May, so nine games above 500 for a month. Can't complain about that. Uh, the pitching, especially the starters, for the most part of the month was fantastic. Uh, you know, Ken Wu always, he brought up this stat, eight twenty four and something when they hit one home run. I'm like, man, that one home run could have been when they was up by five. So they just threw that on to the fucking record. But, you know, the, the offense is winning in many different ways. As I like to say, they, uh, you know, they, they winning with their legs, uh, winning by making contact, um, they also hitting a home run in a, in a couple of the games. So we can't complain. I mean, it seems like a, a well-rounded team, you know, and uh, it looked like we're going to be in the race uh, for, you know, the foreseeable future all the way into the end. And I'm hoping, you know, I don't, I don't want the Indians to be close down the line, even though this kind of helps us because they didn't play today. It got postponed all the way until uh, – September, I believe, so uh, you could possibly have Robert and uh, Eloy back, so that gives us a, uh, you know, the upper hand in, in that matchup, even though I think we should have an upper hand now. They just happen to have, uh, you know, some pretty good pitching. But overall, it was a good trade-off. You don't play today, get a much-needed rest. Lynn doesn't have to go on short rest. When they play again for this doubleheader, you possibly looking at Robert and Eloy back. So overall, a win-win for the White Sox. And then in May, like I say, it was a win-win for the White Sox. It's, it's not too much to complain about as White Sox fans. Not too much really to harp on or be negative about or be down about. I mean, we can really uh, celebrate this team and, and really enjoy it. I mean, we got players playing well that we never thought would play well as far as Hamilton, as far as Lamb, you got the bench guys coming in, contributing. Uh, you even got Collins, you know, every now and then he does something well. Like he better, had, had the double, yep. yeah. So uh, you, you you really can't uh, complain, man. It, it, it's really a joy to watch to me. I, I'm I'm enjoying it, you know what I mean? It, it's like uh, kind of like throwback baseball as far as, you know, you're not winning a game on four or five home runs a game. You know, it's kind of a mixture. You got you got a lot of action. Got to play some solid defense, solid pitching. You know, so I, I'm really I'm really enjoying the season, man. I, I like I like how you use the word "won't complain" because it seems like when anyone does about like a Jake Lamb being in the uh, in the offense or in the field or in the lineup, all the dude does is help. Like he gets a few base knocks, he puts a few over the wall. So I mean, yeah, we uh, you want to talk. Jake Lamb, what's he doing in the lineup? What's he doing in the lineup? Well, A, he's giving someone a rest. B, we need someone to bat there. And he's not doing too bad. Um, another thing I just wanted to touch on when you said we may have Robert Neloy back in that September game, we could also have a um, trade deadline. We don't know who it's going to be, but we could have an addition at the trade deadline that could help us win that game as well, whether it be bullpen, another bat, another fast runner. Um, so, yeah, I think... Delaying, postponing today's game, it's. I think it was good for actually both ball clubs. But uh, we're talking about the Sox, and we want the Sox to win. So I think it. All the arrows point in our favour as if it was a good one for us to call off. Oh yeah. I uh, 
I was uh, talking to uh, Summer George earlier, and uh, I was telling him like he did, he said he didn't feel uh, have a good feeling about the five game set in September. I was like, Georgie boy, what if Cleveland getting to a point to where their sellers at the deadline, all of a sudden your White Sox are rolling out a lineup that is going against no Jose Ramirez, uh, probably no Emmanuel Classe in that bullpen, probably just Shane Bieber and Aaron Savali in the rotation. Tristan McKenzie and Zach Plesak already got their shit smoked against the Sox. I'm not worried about those guys. Those guys already got roped. So Cleveland's roster might be depleted on a talent level by the time we get to September, and they could be second place in the division. For all we know. Yeah, and I mean, to me, it's like when people was kind of afraid of the Twins. Oh, we don't know. We got to play the Twins. And now it's the Indians. You know, I'm of the mindset, you know, I want to beat those guys. You know, so if it take a five-game series in September against the Indians to win the division, so be it. Because my mindset is simple. I'm not scared of these people. You know what I mean? I want the smoke. I want to go out there and mud stump the White Sox to mud stump a division rival. You know? And that's what playoff baseball is going to be anyway. It's going to be ups and downs, your highs and lows. You know, you getting excited, and then all of a sudden you unexcited because something happened. I mean, that's what you want as a fan. It is... It's better to have those games, those type of games, than to not have those type of games. I mean, if you ask me, I don't want a so-called easy route to the World Series for the White Sox. I would love to have to go up against the Yankees, the Astros, the Rays. I want my team to beat the best, whoever the best out there. Be focused for a full series and, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, if if. Remember them uh, late 90s uh, Indians, speaking of Indians, when they won the division almost too quickly and then they were just sitting around waiting for the playoffs. By that time, they were stone cold. Manny Ramirez, Jim Tomey, you know, none of the boys could hit as soon as the playoffs started because they hadn't played for a good week and a half. So, I mean, yeah, if we're battling for a, um, a playoff run still or playing at least meaningful games in September, then, yeah, man, we'll, get, we'll go into the playoffs full head of steam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Teams like us do really well in the playoffs because we have spent majority of our season winning on all facets. Speed, uh, situational power, starting pitching, even the small tinks here and there that TLR put together can somehow help us win a game. Uh, Jace, you just said it yourself. Uh, Jake Lamb in the lineup ain't too bad. That ain't bad news. Billy Hamilton in the lineup ain't bad news. And those are guys that are platoon guys, plug-and-play guys. And now all of a sudden, they're getting starts, and they're being productive. This is a dangerous team, a very dangerous yep. team because of the brand of baseball we're playing. And, and not only that, you could – you could in the playoffs, the games are tight anyway. You know, it's always, for the most part, one-run, two-run games. And like you just said, Green Eye, if you look at the way the White Sox built – Let's say you got a Brayu, he gets a walk or gets a single, he gets on base. You got Hamilton on the bench. Now, Brayu walk is an automatic double with Hamilton's speed because he can steal bases. It could be a it could be an automatic triple. He stole third base in this series against the Indians. So, 
I mean, if you really look at this roster, and I know a lot of people, you know, it's hard to say, but this roster is kind of built better than the old five team. I mean, the pitching, uh, the starting five may may not be as dominant, but it could be. I mean, you got Lynn, who to me is just as dominant as any of the three guys. I mean, any of the five guys we had on the old five team. You got uh, Giolito. He could be dom- just as dominant as any of the five guys we had on the old five team. Uh, you know, you got uh, Radon, who's probably the Cy Young, maybe of the of the uh, league right now, of the AL. And then you got uh, the weakest link is Dallas, unfortunately. And Cease, besides this hiccup he had uh, yesterday, he's been pitching pretty well. So, I mean, to me, we're we a team that, that's built for the playoffs. We're a team that... Got a great mixture. You got some power hitters. You got your contact hitters. You got a decent, a lot of, actually, probably one of the uh, more athletic teams in the league that could steal bases, that could take extra bases. Uh, you got your guys who can get on base, you know, as far as with Moncada and uh, Grandel, even though he's not hitting for uh, average or anything. He still gets on base at a pretty high clip, so... I mean, you got a team. Providing something. Yeah, he's providing, you know, some production. So you got a team that's built built for the uh, for the playoffs, really. I mean, this this is a, a team that has stayed in every game and every series for the most part. Without Eloy, without Robert, without Abreu, without Tim Anderson, at some points in these season, all those guys was missing. And yet, they've been in every game. They won most of their series. They're 10 games above 500. they two games in uh, first place right now. I believe they got the biggest lead as far as any division leaders in the AL right now. So it's really not too much to complain about. And then you got a Moncada who's coming on strong. I mean, he's. Look at over three hundred. Yeah, man. he is. and three hundred sexy to me. I don't know about nobody else. Oh yeah, I still, that's, that, I still, that's put some smiles. Man. Yeah, I still believe there's old smiles when you're eating three hundred. <laughs> yeah, I still believe in the, in the batting average in the three. I, I still believe three hundred is special. So, but uh, you know, he, he's looking like you know what everybody was saying as far as he could be a top ten player in this league, and this with Ta struggling now. Ta kind of in a in a. Uh, a rut or, you know, kind of in a slump, you know. So imagine when he gets back going, you know what I mean? So I think when – And that's only, that's only one home run or a good triple away, isn't it? And exactly. he'll be absolutely back. Exactly. And then you got guys uh, – people can say what they want about Eden, but Eden has been clutch. You can look at his war. You can look at his WRC, all that. But when it's been big moments, like in the Indian series, he's been clutch. He he's has he has driven in big runs. Those count towards victories. It I might, I'd actually yeah no it, totally agree. I actually when McKenzie he didn't hit it off McKenzie, but just before that game started, I said Adam Eaton's got just enough prick in him to fucking shut everyone up and hit a home run against McKenzie. Granted, it wasn't McKenzie, but he hit a home run in the game. Yeah. Just. 
digs. He just digs. He's a little prick, and he fucking smokes one and wins the game for us. Yeah. Like, yeah, man. I mean, he's... even to, to touch, sorry to cut you off, but I just wanted to touch on what, what I saw from Cease yesterday. And, yeah, I'm no Ethan Katzen, no pitching coach, but it didn't, didn't seem like he had an out pitch. Um, he had a couple of – got to two strikes early. Flame-throwing. The guys didn't even look like failing it off. And then he starts throwing junk around the plate and missing the plate. And next thing you know, he's got to come back with an obvious fastball and they hit it. Either that or throws a stupid little change up and the guy's waiting for it. It, it was an interesting day from Cease because, you know, I had money on him to go over five and a half strikeouts. So I paid more a little bit more attention to it. <laughs> but he just didn't have that foot on the throat pitch. I thought, where's it gone? Because he, he normally has it. He normally has it. So I don't know if Collins was just... Hey, nibble around, or what's he afraid of? Go after these motherfuckers. I mean, Green Eye. He, he, he got he, too cute, and he he got too cute, and he paid the price against the wrong team. Cleveland's yep. not going to miss anything inside the zone. So if you're if you're not getting to get me over slider or curveball over for a strike, they're just going to wait till you bring that fucking fastball two one. Yep, three one, and that's all that happened because the stuff coming out of Cease's hands uh, against Cleveland was electric still, but. It wasn't putting nobody away. The 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 first two pitches of the sequence were always the two best pitches of the sequence for that Dylan C start, and that's why he didn't finish any batters off because pitch four, five, and six were fucking mediocre. Yeah, and yeah, like grab so we, let's see how me me um, sliders working today. Like just bullshit it around. It's like, mate, you're at sixty eight pitches already because you're fucking fluffing. Just pitch mm-hmm. the fucking ball, you know. Yeah, and you and you when they blow it past them and the guys have don't come anywhere near it, and then you don't throw them another fastball for five pitches. Yeah, you know until they're waiting for it. Yeah, that was an interesting start. I thought. Yeah, I didn't understand and, uh, uh, Collins keep calling sliders. I don't know if that was on him or thank if you. Uh, yeah, yeah. if Cease wanted to throw the slider. I don't know who that fell on, but. I mean, I didn't understand, and it was funny because I think uh, Jason uh, Bonetti said in the in the on the broadcast, he say the slider is getting hit very hard. Him and Steve Stone, you know, kept saying that, and I don't understand for the life of me, I don't understand why uh, Collins kept calling that or allowing if Cease was the one calling, it, allowing Cease to call it, he should have went up to Cease. If that's the case of C's wanting to kept on it and tell him, hey man, you know, I know you want to throw it, but this shit is getting smoked. You gotta you gotta go to something else, you know. Uh, this shit's ugly, yeah. It's yeah. a mistake by the lake. Yeah, use one of your mound visits that no one gives a fucking rat's ass if they use up all five. Run out there and say, put that put that in your pocket for next week because we don't need this slider today. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't understand that. I even tweeted that out. Like, who the why the hell they keep calling that for? They see it's not not working. Speaking about going on a good side of a slider, getting used in a in a good spot. Hendrix has finally found his uh, slider. So slider. now that he's found his slider, his fastball, how much better is it? <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, he just needed that pitch, didn't he? Yeah. And um, Ozzy Boy is back. Ozzy oh. Boy is back. He, you know Absolutely. what's funny though? He wasn't horrible, even though he was. I guess you could say he was struggling. It was he, predictable. Yeah, he wasn't horrible. He wasn't horrible, though. I mean, he was still getting the job done for the most part. He was put into some tough situations as far as trying to hold hold leads in 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 some uh, 
in some games and he didn't uh you know he didn't you know make it happen but I don't think he was ever horrible doing oh, I guess I don't know, maybe the word horrible slipped out of mine or Justin or green eyes mouth I I I misused the word if I well, I guess. It's no, no, you didn't say horrible, but I'm saying that's how some people oh, okay. was like, yeah, no, you didn't Sweet. say horrible, yeah. So we we still cool, man, Liam, we're, we're besties, mate. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he's dominating. Now, In my man. fantasy Twitter world. <laughs> the only, no, the only fucking time I've seen the word horrible next to Liam Hendricks's fucking name is when uh, – Alex Colomay gets his shit roped next thing you know. Liam gives up a solo job and <laughs> my uncle Ken Woe somehow finds his way on Twitter and see that Liam Hendricks gave up a solo fucking home run. That's the only way. That's the only way. It's all, all of a sudden he's not busy doing anything else, is he? Yeah. yeah. Right. He's a busy feller until he needs to tweet something. <laughs> well, you know, ML, everybody play MLB the show, so they think, you know, it's a video game where you just finna come in there and strike out three guys all the time, but it don't happen like that. I, I thought he was, you know, struggling, but he, he's got back to his – I mean, he's he's dominating. I mean, that that was actually was pretty, pretty uh, – Damn cold what he did as far as coming in and nailing down to uh, the two games in the doubleheader, man. That was fucking awesome. Oh, right yeah, that was, that was juice Just right there. That was some again. juice. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't expect, uh, especially the way they treat pitchers nowadays, you would expect once he got used that first game, he was done the second game. But I like the oh, old. Yeah, Icy's elbow for a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the old school mentality of, him coming back out there and, and nailing it down. And I like his mentality even more of the fact he wanted it. He wanted to do it, you know, the next day. Like, no, no, I'm, yeah. ava- I'm available today. Use me, but, you know, Han said no. Yeah, exactly. Han said no, but I like I like that mentality, man. I think, to me, that's like what the 05 team had as far as the pitching staff. It was like the, the, the starting five was like, you know what, or, or the four guys – the, the the four top pitchers was like, you know what? We don't want to get this ball to the bullpen. No, no, I'm, we, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm going, man. We want to finish this game. And I think it's something to say about that type of mentality. It's like, you know what? What I start, I'm going to finish. And I think that's a great attitude, a great mindset to have. And I wish more players had, had, that, had that mindset, you know, uh, to finish what they start, well, man. Well, he obviously gets a bit of a rush from striking out the last out, doesn't he? Yeah. Or anyone, but the yeah. the, the final out, it's like his little um, Rosenberg cocaine or something because he <laughs> fucking he's pretty pumped up about it. So maybe he's living on adrenaline, and uh, and he's wild, man. He just strikes it out and he can't control himself. So maybe it's like an addiction that he says, "Give me that ball. I man. want that feeling again." He, and I love it. He, yeah. he called a man who hit three home—I mean, two home runs in that game. Uh, I think, or the, either the previous game, he called a man a slap dick motherfucker. I say, oh man, this guy here. Oh got yeah, it. that's that's Lance Lynn. Yeah. Lance. Oh, that Lance was Lance Lynn. Lynn. Yeah, I'm thinking that was Hendricks, but there, that was Lance. I'm like, man, <laughs> these guys got a different a different mentality, man. I like him and Lynn's mentality, man. You know, I I I, I really do. Lance Lynn is. A bulldog too. He just goes out there. He throws his fastballs. I mean, he got like twenty different angles. He could throw his bat fastball from. But 
man, just the mentality of those guys. It's, it's like refreshing to me as someone who liked the old school tough nails baseball player, man. It, it just uh, it's just something to say about that mentality, man, that them guys go out there and they want the ball. You know, they don't want – they not shying away from it. No, give it to me. Lynn, this yeah, not yeah, even give a, it to me. This is not even a playoff game. And Lynn, like, yeah, give me the ball on short rest. I can handle this. I can do this. And I'm finna give you 120 pitches. Yeah. I don't get no fuck. Exactly. You know, I, and I think that's I think that's something to be said. And I like – like, I know people question – uh, Tony Larusa for leaving guys in. They sometimes they think he leave guys in too long. But I like the mentality that he's trying to build with these young guys. It's like you know what, you got in trouble. I'm not gonna bail you out. You get yourself out of. You got yourself into. Get yourself out of. That's what he yeah, did with Cease the previous game before this this game he just had. He's gotten in trouble. He didn't go rescue him immediately. Nah. He let him get out of it. He's doing that more and more with those guys, and I think that's important. You know, and sometimes it ain't going to work. But you have to build a certain mentality into your players. Like, you know what? If you get into trouble, I'm not going to bail you out. You're going to have to get out of it yourself. Get used and it, to getting out of these situations yourself. Yeah, and if you don't and you give up a home run, then learn how to deal with it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Learn, learn. oh, it's happened to me before. That sucked. But it builds a little bit of extra thick skin when you're walking off after you know you've just given up a bomb. And, hey, you're the starting pitcher, man. We, we're paying you to do this. You're not tired. You're just not having your day, but you're in trouble. Get out of trouble. Exactly. Do it yourself. Yep. I mean, he can't. Keep, Must start. He can't keep getting these guys. These guys can't keep coming out the game after the fifth inning. Nah, man. Nah, nah, Mac. That, you got to keep going, mate. Yeah, yeah, that's not that's not sustainable. I mean, if you yeah. think that's sustainable, it's not. Not for a hundred and sixty-two game season. Now, maybe if it was a sixty-game season again, yeah, maybe that'd be sustainable. But it's not sustainable. To ask your bullpen to consistently cover four innings a game, these guys got even with a, even with a great bullpen. Yeah, no, don't show the opposition too much of your bullpen if you don't have to. Yeah, these guys gotta gotta get out of the sixth inning at least into the seventh inning. I mean, yeah, I, I was I was sick of seeing you know the the five and five and a third and five two thirds. Come on, man, yeah. push it a little, go deeper. Exactly, exactly. You know, and and you got to think, man. If they don't, our bullpen gonna be taxed because our middle relievers haven't been that great. I mean, the back end guys. I need. Hold on, wait. I need names. I need names. I need names. Marshall. Marshall, Marshall hasn't been locked down. Foster. Hasn't, okay. Hasn't Foster been is down. another one. Yeah, I wouldn't. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's your middle relief. Right. Your back end. Uh, your right. back end so, guys. Bummer hasn't been great. That's one of your back end guys. It was people who thought he could be a closer. I don't yeah, think he could be a closing He has it Thursday night and doesn't have it Saturday afternoon though. Yeah, he he not he not. Bummer hasn't been locked down this season. I think his ERA and I know people don't care. Some people don't care about ERAs now, but I think his ERA is like three. 
Yeah. And shit, he had to work overtime just to get it back down from when he had that bad album. Yeah. So <laughs> you got to think, and how been, bad has it really been on a on a larger scale? And his slider got smoked a couple of times. He left him over the middle of the plate in one game. Yeah. That boy, and he got crushed. Yeah. Crush. I think uh, Cody Hoyer. What do you? What do you? How do you guys rate Cody Hoyer so far? He man, he been he's another down. one who's good Wednesday, not so good Thursday. And he he's you know he's like come on. I mean yeah. different situations and all that. But that's another middle reliever. I guys yeah. that I, I guys that we need to take us. Let's just say a guy has a bad start or not a bad start, but can't get out of the fifth inning or or can't get to the sixth inning. I guys. That need to handle the sixth inning has not been great. They haven't. Right. Yeah. And I understand the mentality of some people say, well, pitch Hendricks in the sixth. These guys can't even get out of the sixth inning. So what are they going to do in the seventh inning? What are they going to do in the eighth inning? What are they going to do in the ninth inning? I mean, I never, you know, I never really liked the. There's a discussion and agreements and disagreements to have the whole time. Um, should have put Hendricks in or should have done this. A lot of it's hindsight shit. You know, oh, you should have left Cease in and you don't. Cease gets out of it. You don't hear boo from the, the person. Yeah, and then I oh, should have pitched Hendricks. Or well, what if, you know, and then what if Hendricks had to come in and blown it or whatever, then you'd say it was the wrong time to bring in Hendricks. It's all just sit back and watch. If it doesn't go our way, I guess you can have a pitch and moan about it. But um, it is what it is, man. And like, all right. Hendrix is great, um, but my my theory is all right. Well, Hoyer's supposed to be the one to be able to. Palmer's supposed to be able to. Foster's supposed to be able to too. So how come you've always got to go with the guy that didn't go out on the mound? Because you can always say you should have put him there. Uh, you know, you know what I'm saying. We put the other guys to get through these innings as well. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck? You know, like we need him sooner or later. Otherwise, you just have Hendrix and a whole bunch of starters. Yeah, at some point, all those guys uh, are going to be in a high-leverage situation. Yep. At some point during the yeah. season, all those guys going to be in a high-leverage situation. And guess what? They got to be able to get out of the high-leverage situation. It's really That's Absolutely what it really boils down to. Now, what I don't understand is, I don't understand this new mentality of process over results. Or results don't matter if it was the wrong process. Because who decides which process is correct? I say the W on the board. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You, you, you make up my point. The results is what matter. I could believe that TLI could have did this, this, and that. But he did something totally different. Who's to say I'm right? My way would have worked, and his way was wrong. But you know what does tell you that? That W or that L. It's that simple. Either you're getting a W or you're getting an L. If you got the L, you was wrong. If you got the W, you was right. It's that simple. He was right. (laughs) You know? I, I I don't know uh, how can you argue with success. I mean, success is success. 
You, you really, you really can't argue with that. You know what I mean? If, if, if Ozzy comes into work every day and he's getting the job done, I could make think it's a better way to do what Ozzy's doing at work. But guess what? He's getting the job done. So who's to say my way is better? It, all that matters is Ozzy getting the job done. Final product. If the customers, well, if shit. the customers happy with it, then it's it's done. It's done well, isn't it? Yeah, you know. And us, if you want to call us customers, because in one way or another, I guess we are. Um, if we if if we get the W, I'm happy. Exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I can't argue with a, a victory. You know, I who who cares if if it's the World Series and. Tony brings in Marshall. <laughs> it's the seventh game of the World Series. And Tony brings in Marshall in a high leverage situation instead of Hendricks. And Marshall get the job done. I'm not finna argue that. Well, that was the wrong process. That was the wrong move. Cause all yeah, I can be skeptical. <laughs> might be skeptical, but we ain't gonna argue that. Yeah, too. I can't and you and you can't. It was successful. No, yeah, there is no argument. No, <laughs> if, he, if he's got that change-up dancing, floating out of the batter's box to a left-handed hitter, and he gets him, dude, you can't argue right with call. that. You, I, I can't, I can't argue with success. I can't. You know what I mean? I, I, you, it's just, it's just something you really can't argue with. And no matter what you think about the man, the man has been successful. So it, it is what it is. But my thing is. This team is so good. We should just be enjoying these victories, you know, instead of, I mean, every manager has the right to be questioned, of course. But over 162 games, we're definitely not going 62, 162 and zero. And zero. I think, I think. Never been done. Yeah, I think, uh, uh. What was his name? Uh, Hope used to say it all the time. You're probably going to lose 60 games in the season. 50, 60 games. That's right. You, you, you win know 60, you lose 60, and the rest yeah. make up a good team or whatever. You know what I mean? So, of course, you know, he's not going to win 162 games. And out of the games he lost, you could say, hey, those were some bad decisions he made, but. If he went 100 games, let's just say the White Sox went 100 games, then, okay, those 62 you said he made some bad choices on, you got to say for those hundreds, he made he made some good choices as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and, and, yeah, he did okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah give him some, pat on, some kind of pat on yeah, the back. That, that, that's my only thing. But I just think this, this is what everybody wanted. You wanted during the rebuild, everybody wanted – the guys they drafted to do well. So far, Magical has done well. Vaughn has done, I guess it's his first year, so you could say he's done well. He's playing. He stepped right up. He's done really yeah, well. He's playing out of position. All your top prospects uh, that you had, like uh, Moncada, he's doing well. Uh you look at the the pitching the the guys he's added as far as pitching staff. Cease has done okay. Um, Kopech 
pitching good Kai, out Kai, of the Kai bull, bullpen. Great. So good, good trade, good, good trade for um, back in the day with Sale for that one. Yeah. yeah. I'm on Carter and Kopech. I mean, good flip of the coin, good trade. Absolutely. Yeah, this 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 what everybody wanted. So I don't see how, you know, you can what it really is to complain about, man, because this is what everybody was clamoring for. They wanted yep. the prospects to do well. They wanted some veteran signings to work out, which you got veteran signings in Grandel. It worked out. You got a veteran trade in uh with Lynn. He's working out. You getting production from the major players that was kind of before the rebuild, like Tim Anderson and uh Bray. You count it on. Yeah, you count on them. Yep. And no matter what you thought about what he did in the offseason, if he did enough or he didn't do enough as far as Han, guess what? Eden has been clutch. Lamb has produced. Yep. Hamilton has produced. Yep. Most, I, I think, too, when, when, when Lamb's in the lineup, I think a lot of Sox fans just want Bryce Harper. Okay, it's not going to be Bryce Harper. It's mm. Adam Eaton. It's not George Springer. It's Adam Eaton and it's Lamb. And they're doing okay. And we're winning games. So sit back, relax, and strap it down, eh? Yeah. You know what I'm saying, Mac? It, it's, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a long season, man, and a jo- and a and a joyous season. We we gonna Absolutely. win we're gonna win a lot of games this year. And going back to, you know, our May nineteen and ten in May, the Yankees series that we got swept. Mm-hmm. I actually think it came at a perfect time. We played a team, I wouldn't say better than us, but we played a team that was better than who we'd been beating in, in you know prior weeks. And it showed us, showed the White Sox what they need to do mentality-wise, grinding-wise, stay within the game the whole game to beat a decent outfit. And two days later, what do we do? We take two or three, probably should have been three or three, um, or four, from the Cardinals. So we played the Yankees. We got dealt with, but it taught us a lesson. A lesson that they probably already knew, but hey, this is what we're going to do to beat these guys. They come out against the Cardinals, who have had success, a lot of success, and a really good team this year, and look what we did, and we won. And it, it's all about grind. And, and I, you, I don't want to say the Yankees showed us how to play a decent team, because I believe that we already know we are. But just going into New York, Garrett Cole was always going to be a hard one. But even the the, uh, the Friday and Sunday game, we weren't out of it. That was we came back. We end up losing. The triple play really hurt us on the Friday. That so the, those three just dig in for nine innings, and we did the same. We did that against the Cardinals, and look what happened. I love it. Yeah, I mean, even like I'm not even you know normally I might have complained about Grundell just because of the average. But I'm not even, you know, really complaining about Grandel. Now, I know people said he was like a top catcher in the league um, before the season started. A lot of people said top two or whatever. You know, I I, I don't even, he might not, as far as right now, he might, he definitely not better than Wilson Contreras as far as, you know. Woo! Uh, I saw your post today about this year, your poll. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's definitely not better than Wilson Contreras right now. And uh you can make an argument, you know, he might not be top 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 four catcher in the league, you know, 
as far as, uh, you know, offensively. I mean, he does got his own base percentage going. But, um, and then I I know people going to say the framing. The framing is why he's the number one catcher in the league. The framing, you know, I'm going to be honest. I'm <laughs> he over-frames sometimes. Yeah, I'm not a big believer in that because these umpires so horrible, man. How can you even tell if it's a good, good framing job or not? I mean, they call it pitches. We seen we seen it where they call it pitches uh, a foot off the plate, six inches off the plate sometimes. So, you know, who 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 can say that these guys are getting strikes that they a pitcher normally wouldn't get when these umpires are so damn inconsistent. You know what I mean? <laughs> Two inches outside is getting strike calls, so it doesn't matter where the catch <laughs> yeah, is with these clubs. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, and, and ironically, it's Grandel is the one that's getting fucking rung up yeah. on most of the boy freeze. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my question to people. So the pitches he getting rung up on, right, if our pitchers are not getting those same calls that he's getting rung up on, is it his framing job? <laughs> is it his framing job the reason we're not getting those calls? Or is it the umpires are just so damn inconsistent? You know what I mean? He, he oversells sells it. The umpires see how, how much he moves. How we going to give somebody credit? <laughs> man, look, we giving a man credit on his framing when he lead the world in pass balls. What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I can't lie, though. It's hard. To, uh, you can't argue against the OBP. The man getting on base. No, no, he is. You can't argue. Uh, but I think when you're evaluating players, you gotta you gotta pick which stats will benefit them. Players like on base percentage, walk percentage, those are stats that you know help Yasmani. I wouldn't look at those stats and try to evaluate Wilson Contreras. I need doubles, stolen bases, home runs. I need stats like that because Wilson is a five-two player. He brings more to the game. So I need to see what plethora of production can he, you know, can he give me? Grandal can only help me in a couple of aspects. And some of that shit ain't from him swinging a bat. So that that's a glaring issue right there, even though he still finds a way to be productive. Me personally, I think uh, in the head-to-head battle between him and Wilson, I just got a more explosive athlete. Well, that's, you know, that's my a thing. better player. And this is why I love Grandel. And I I told um, Jordan this. It's because he is the clear divide of old school and new school. For some reason, metrics like him. So the metric community loves him. And old school guys, he just doesn't Pass that eye test, or the, you know, I call it the smell test. He 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 doesn't pass it for them because it's like you a catcher. I need you to catch. I need you to block the ball. I need you to when it's they throw the ball to home and it's and, and it's a guy to get out at home on the bases loaded. I need you to catch that ball. Just something simple like that. I need you to do that. And for some, yeah, and for some reason, that at the wrong times, he doesn't do that well. So it's like it's glaring that stands out to people. Like, damn, catch, 
the ball. Can you do that? Yeah, please. please. You know, and so he's, I love him because he's the big divide. And it's like a battle. Who's going to win? It's like, I forget the, the inside uh, MLB guy who talked about him and said, he, he, he said, the industry looks at Grandel a certain way. And the metric community looks at Grandel a certain way. And it's a wide divide. And I, I think I can understand why the industry looks at Vaughn a certain way. And I can understand, even though I'm not really, I'm okay with metrics. I'm not really, I don't consider myself a metric guy. I can understand why the metric community likes them. But when you start looking at like W, uh, weighted runs created plus and all that, the reason I take those stats with a grain of salt because it's always something iffy in there in the equation. They oh let me take this ballpark into account for this for no. The ballpark is the ballpark. You're trying to make everything as even as possible, and by doing that, I mean equal as possible or or even, and by doing that, you're not. Getting the true value of players because everything is not equal. Is that 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 doesn't happen? Bingo, bingo. Let me. I, I want to regress for a second because you, goddamn it, you just spoke some fucking gospel right now. Because remember, before before we went nineteen and twelve in the month of May or whatever the, the record was nineteen ten whatever. The the. Starting rotation wasn't giving the bullpen any clean innings. They was always inherited runners, inherited runners, inherited runners. Both of my boys on this show right now talked about finishing what you started, having some accountability. There is no accountability in all of these numbers, guys, because they want to skew everything into the player's favor and try to make a motherfucker like Yasmani Grandal more marketable than a, a, a actual baseball player and all five assets than Wilson Contreras. You know what I'm saying? So who who is really making these, making these judgments on these players? Are we really diving into what we need to dive into on the individual or what we want out of the position or what we project the position to produce? What are we measuring here? One's re, uh, created plus, BABIP. You know, all, all of that stuff is just a way to jumble all of these different no-name players and just cultivate them into a number. And that's not the case because but, it's still a human in those jerseys. And not only that, though. I have a problem with a stat. If a guy drives in more runs than someone and scores more runs than someone, and you come back and say the other guy who he scored more runs than, who he drove in more runs than, has created more runs than him? What the fuck are you talking about? I can't get on that train. Because that makes no sense. It's just like we're eating. Now, people want a jock. Eating got a high warden jock. If you go on by war, guess what? Eating war, eating war is higher than Jock Peterson's right now. And that's what a lot of you guys wanted. But then they'll say, well, look at the Jock Peterson's mate. It was better than eating. 
But what is eating total season war? Since you love war, that's your measurement. What is the total season war right now eating compared to Jock Peters? It's not even comparable. One got a negative war, one got a positive war. If we're going by your stat. But not only that, let's just look at it from this perspective. Eaton has drove in, has driven in clutch runs. No matter if you if you don't believe in clutch, you still gotta say when the White Sox needed these guys to be driven in, Eaton has done it. So was his home run? Let's just think about this. Was his home run that he just hit against the Cleveland Indians? Was that not worth a game? Because he won. Technically, yeah. you can say he won them that game. Yeah, and the Kansas City won two Sundays before that. It, exactly. That 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 is my entire problem with some of the metrics. It's not that I don't believe. That I don't think metrics is a good thing. It's just I think people overuse them. Or don't put any context to them. So you just spearing out a number. And you have no context to it whatsoever. And not to kill the Zach Truffles. But the Zach Truffles. The Zach Collin Truffles. When I was arguing with them. They was putting out. Well his XOWBA and his uh, ABC and his. One, two, three, and it's D plus minus B and all this. And I say, okay, that's fine. I say, but in the minor leagues, it's pe- they in the minor leagues for a reason because they're working on something. So the pitchers he's facing are in AAA because they're working on something, whatever that might be, delivery, curveball, changer, fastball, whatever it might be, they're working on something. So they're not all the way together. They're not a finished product. So he's going to have more walks down there than he is at the major league level because those guys throw less strikes. So you got to put a little common sense in there. So his numbers are not going to necessarily be because, first of all, you have to look at the type of play he is. He was a three-outcome player. Walk, home run, strikeout. He was striking out a ton down there. So if he's striking out a ton in Triple A, what makes you think he's not going to come to the MLB level and not strike out a ton? Yeah. When the talent gets better and they throw more strikes. I mean, it's just like common sense to tell you, Grandel is not going to keep the current OBP he has if he can't hit better. That is not sustainable. He's eventually going to have to hit the ball to keep that OBP at a sustainable level because they're not, he's just not going to continue to get that many walks. Period. No, no, and a lot of the times he seems to fall in love with the walk, but he, he's good at doing it. And a lot of people, when we first signed him, were talking about having him lead off because of that on-base percentage and getting on base in front of these guys. So I don't, I don't know whatever happened to that discussion. All of a sudden now we want him to hit every fucking pitch for a home run. You know why? Because we've seen the pop from his bat. He every now and then unleashes Mm-hmm. You know, and when he, you know, and and they, if they're not giving him strikes, he's not gonna, he's not gonna swing. So it's disciplined batting, 
Yeah, he might take a couple of pitches that you could drive in, but and then the next pitch is a ball and he walks. But that's a lineup thing too. Get him up the top of the order, bottom, well, yeah, fit him in somewhere. If he's not going to be the one driving in the runs, then be the run that Obreu or Mancata drives in. Yeah. Like it's yeah, and that's what's starting to uh, you know, it's it's not rocket surgery, really, is it? I mean, if he gets on base ahead of guys that make him a table setter, but when he's first signed and people see his pop, you know, he blasts some good home runs from the left side, granted, uh, which is even better. You know, that, but if he's going to take the walk, someone on base is always a good thing, right? But yeah, I mean, I'd like to see him swing it more and pop more home runs and drive in a, you know, a couple of doubles here and there. He's not going to swing at shit either. Like, if you're not going to throw him strikes, mm-hmm. then you don't want him to swing. Yeah. So I guess it's a, you know, six six of one half dozen of the other in a way. But the difference between him and Moncada, if you look at them, they, they, they're the same kind of hitter as far as they both got good eyes and can take walks. But Moncada is a better hitter because when he get pitches to hit, he does something with them. Right. Yep. Makata on base percentage is so high. I know people don't, don't like batting average, but his on base percentage is so high because his average is decent as well. Comes from um do you do you think that comes with wanting to hit rather than like Makata gets up there, very good eye for the baseball, but I you just see him, he wants to hit doubles, triples, home runs. And, of course, everyone does, I suppose, when they're in the box. But it just seems like lately, especially this year, with Grandel getting all his walks, that he's happy with the walk. And, you know, we can be, we can't be, whatever. There's no point of leaving him on base when bloody uh, Garcia and Hamilton and then the pitcher spot's up. You know, I mentioned this the last time. When um, in Cincinnati there, when the pitcher spot was up, you're not going to get a pitch to see if you're Grandel. And I think he got one to look at all day and he took it down the middle. But... Um. Yeah, I, I'm sort of confused where we're at with Grandel. I'm happy that he's getting on base, mm-hmm. but maybe that means I'm displeased with the people who can't move him around and score him. That's another issue. Well, you got to look it's at not, his... it's not a Grandel issue. Well, you got to look at his speed too. I mean, his speed factor in that why he's not going to score as many runs as someone else. That that was my whole argument with him being in the two spot. You didn't like it. I, I didn't like it because of his speed. You so if let's just say he gets on base, let's just say TA he grounds out or whatever. He's out. He he gets out. Grandel comes up, he walks. Abreu gets a single. Grandel not a first to third guy. He's not on third, right. Yeah. We yeah. we haven't been a home and we're not really a home run hitting team. We're like twenty second 21st in the league. We're in the bottom half of the league in home runs. So now he's not a first or third guy. So now you got uh, Mercedes. He comes up. Or or I should say Moncada. He gets a hit. It's first or second. Now you got Abreu comes up. He gets a hit. It's not a guarantee that Grandel. You still have going to score. Yeah. Now he's on. Now you have first, second, and third. You got one out. 
Now you have Abreu, who's 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 uh not fast. He's a, but he's a, he got a decent enough. He got some pretty. He's got decent speed for a first baseman. Guess you could say a little bit above average. But anyway, he's a double play guy candidate. He's not. He's not really that fast. And you got Mercado on second. You got Grandel on third. Now you need. A different type of fly ball. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Sack fly is not going to score. You, uh, you need a deep slack fly to get this guy to score. So that's what I'm talking about. It's the effort that's needed for him to score. If you're not getting home runs. It's the effort that's needed. Hamilton yeah, need, yeah. can score more e- effectively. As a base runner than Grandel. So guess what? He's more valuable as a base runner than Grandel is. So guess what? A walk to Grandel and a walk to Hamilton is not the same. They're not equal. But everybody try to make everything equal when it's not equal. When it's not. No, no, you broke that down beautifully, mate. Grandel bats second, right? One time through the lineup. T.A. grounds out, Rondahl walks. Next thing you know, Abreu hits him to the double play. Yeah, all right, that's it. It's over. Next frame, you got seven, eight, nine up. So that's the Hamiltons, the Madrigals, the Eatons, whatever we're feeling. Those guys get on base. And I got first, second uh, and third, one out with Grandal at the plate. He's either going to walk or he's going to give me one of those sexy bat drops where he dumps one into the Goose Island, right? He could be a five or six hitter from batting second if we turn the lineup over like we've been doing. So if the higher I bat Grandal, because you got to think, you're going to eventually face Grandal, then Moncada, two, three. How many pitches is that for a pitcher? Because pitchers don't get yanked from home runs. They get yanked from walks and mislocation more in this generation, the sensitive manager generation. We can milk pitchers early and often with Grandal at the top instead of batting five through six without even stalling our lineup. Because I'm pretty sure, even though I don't want him swinging a fucking bat the rest of the season, he could still do a little bit of damage eventually, sometimes. I I was all, I, I was so fucking excited when he batted two. Because now I knew the team was thinking. Now we're pulling out all the stops and we're using the whole roster, the versatility. It was fucking beautiful. I, I would I would much rather see Yasmani Grandal bat second than fifth or sixth or wherever the hell we got him in the belly of the beast. Me personally. Me personally. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, look, Matt, great your great max point was great. So yeah, it really is six and two threes, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you just hope it works out. And like we touched on earlier, guys, is uh, the W at the end of the day. That's <laughs> what whether it can, Yep. You know, I just think you, when you look, when you're building a roster, since we're talking baseball, you have to look at the most efficient way to score. That entails everything. That entails how hitters make contact, the power they have, the speed they have, 
the type of eye they have in the batter's box, that entails all that. And you construct the lineup from there. So my thing has always been, is Grandel in the two spot an effective way to score? Because let's say he doesn't get a walk. He doesn't get a home run. He's probably going to strike out. So what are you? He's not. He's not moving any guys over. If a guy, if a guy gets on second, let's say Ta gets on base, he gets on second. You looking at a thirty percent chance he moves the guy over, moves him over to third. You know, so it's all about trying to get easy runs. And I understand the argument of getting the guy on base. You setting yourself up for success. I understand that argument. You know, it makes sense when you think about it. But you also have to look at the guy's speed. So let's say Grandel, when he finished the season, he has a 380 on base percentage. Let's say, and I'm not saying this possible or it could happen, but let's say when uh, Magical finished, he has a 360 on base percentage. So he got point uh two point zero two zero uh less on base percentage than Grande. Now is that enough over the time when you add in speed, what magical do with speed, as far as he doesn't strike out a ton, he can move guys over. So is that enough over a season? To justify having Grandel in that spot over him because he has a high on base percentage. That's just how I look at the game. But I also understand, you know, I also understand Green Eye argument and I understand some of the other guys' argument. And to me, that's the interesting part of baseball. Is is that worth it? Well, I think just let me touch real quick on that is like a if Grandel gets on base and then Abreu, Mercado, whoever's batting third or fourth, hits a home run, then a two-run home run's better than a solo shot. That's true. Like you know what I'm saying. So That's like true. if he's there and we do get the long ball, there's an extra run with one swing. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting one. Getting on base in front of the big guys is what I know what you're saying. Maybe like the one, two, three hitters, but you know the, these hits you speak of, Mac, would have to go. Quick to the outfield for no one to go first or third. And I'm not, not you know, taking away anything you said about that because I actually agree with you. But, like, a good in the gap between right and center, he uh, should be able to get to third. Are you disagreeing with that? Do you think no, he I would think, get I think, a, I think in a gap, yeah. He should well, well not to, to the wall, but just in the gap. I think in a gap, yeah, he should be able to get first and third. I think, yeah, I think yeah, it put- depends on who's throwing in that outfield because I can see his slow ass getting hosed down. I think, I think, hosed on, down. Okay, I think so on a potential double, he could. He, he if could he's on first base three. and a Brady comes up, hits a home run, I guess what I'm saying yeah. is two runs are better than one, right? Yeah, that makes sense. But on the opposite end of that, you got to think if he comes up, a Brady who hits a double to the wall. Magical going to score. He's not scoring. Yeah, Magical will score. But he's not scoring. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to look at, you can't only look at the potential of the runs 
that you possibly could put on the board. You got to look at the potential of the runs that you possibly taking off the board. Taking off the board, yeah. run. So that's that's to me that's that's the beauty of baseball. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say guys like Jordan and uh and my boy uh Yoan Mangata or something like that on Twitter. I think Yoan Mangata or something like that. I know it's mom, <laughs> mom mixed with God or some shit. <laughs> so I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm not going to sit here and say that them, that them boys are wrong, you know, completely wrong because it's a valid point. You know what I mean? And, you know, I can have good baseball conversation uh, with those guys, with those guys, you know, because they don't, you know, get, they don't take it all personal and get all emotional about it. You can have a sensible conversation with those guys. So I see their point. I see Green Eye point. Those are valid points. I'm just saying you have to always look at the flip side of the coin. A smart man once told me, no matter what your philosophy is, don't just read a book. That agree with that philosophy. Also read books that don't agree with that philosophy. And that way you can see the entire full picture. And that's how I look at the game of baseball. You know. I think every. To me every little thing matters in baseball. Every pitch. Should have a purpose to it. Every error. Matters. Every base hit matters. Every time you don't move a guy over when you're supposed to, that matters. All of that stuff adds up to whether you win or lose a game. And I think with metrics, that has kind of been lost in the game of baseball. If you go back to any playoff game, I can bring up a play that's a little thing that happened that cost the team the game. If you go back to the Red Sox and the Dodgers in the World Series, I believe 2018. I don't know. Oh, I remember that. I don't too. know what game it was. But Yasiel Puig missed a cutoff man. And it cost the Dodgers additional runs in that World Series. And that cost them the game. But see, people have a tendency to overlook what doesn't make it into the stat sheet or the stat book or what's not glaring. And all of those things cost you the game. If you go back to every White Sox game, the ones they lost by one or two runs, I guarantee you it was a situation in that game, all you needed was for a guy to get the guy in from third with less than two outs in some of those games, and the White Sox win that game. It's the little things that's not done that cost you baseball games. And that's what I'm trying to get people to understand and realize. You can't just type up a person's name, look at war, and say, whoa, they was this valuable. It doesn't work like that because each individual game counts. And in each one of those individual games, everybody has to do their job in order for a team to be successful. On the um, devil's advocate with that, though, Mac, talk about, you know, less than two outs, runner on third. And this is this sort of goes underneath the uh, radar just a little bit because I understand you should you should score that run. 
Mm. But you also talk about people doing their jobs. So the pitcher gets out of that inning. So you've got to hand credit to the pitcher in a way. I mean, it's different circumstances, different ball game, different batter, different pitcher. But if the pitcher gets out of that, in one way or another, you've got to tip your cap and go, he did his job I mean, as well. I, I mean, I if agree the Sox no, doing no, it, I agree. We, would, we would praise it. But uh, because the Sox leave the runner on third, we hate it. We don't look at the fact that the, the Shane Bieber or the or whoever gets mm. out of that inning because he's a good pitcher too. Cody Hoyer come in with bases loaded and got out of it. Mm-hmm. So do you think the other team's having a podcast saying we didn't do our job? <laughs> to oh, us, yeah. Yeah. Cody Hoyer come in and did his fucking job. Yeah. I mean, I I agree with that. As far as your point, as far as playing devil advocate, do you tip your cap to the pitcher? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. But I think my point is the reason it's happening more and more is because people don't focus on that. What what makes Mercedes so good? I mean, can you say Mercedes is really a power hitter or why he has been so good? I mean, his slugging percentage is less than 500, I believe. It's not he even 500. Adjust, he makes adjustments. He make yeah. adjustments. When he got two strikes on him, he cut down his swing. He's a professional, what you would call or the industry calls, a professional hitter. So yeah. if you if you want if you oh if the count is oh oh, you earn the right. You have that right to swing as hard as you can to try to go deep. If the yeah. count oh one, you have that right. Still, to swing as hard as you can to try to go deep or hit the ball as hard as you can if that's what you want to do. But if you're 0-2, you don't have that right no more. No, no, yeah. yeah. And you a fool to me if you think you still have that right to swing as hard as you want to. No. The game changes then. It should be put the ball in play somewhere. Bat on ball, make contact. Yeah, 100% there. Not agree there, mate. Yep. You know, and I you think, uh, uh, sorry, not to cut you off, Mac. Uh, y'all brought up a point about, you know, giving the pitchers credit. We had a fucking sweep against St. Louis, and John fucking Gant made us leave 22 runners on base that day. Now, what, what did we lose? 4 0? Mm-hmm. And we couldn't get four guys to touch the dish. Mm-hmm. We you had bases loaded. Fucking how many times with Mercedes of all people? And I think we had the, three times. Professional hitter. Yeah, and we had three times a guy on third less than two outs. You got to do a job. You got to do a job because that's the difference between winning and losing, especially. Oh, I was talking to Mac earlier. What's our glaring weakness? Still, I still think runners in scoring position is our Achilles heel. Because mm-hmm. that could, if we if we perfect that art, we could overcome a shaky start, a faulty bullpen. You know what I'm saying? A couple errors, a couple base runner blunders. Uh, not a lot, but a couple. We could overcome that if we cash in. All we needed to do was cash in twice against the Cardinals, and we couldn't do that against their fucking number eight starter, John Gant. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I, and that's when you'd almost yeah you, a bloke like God, Danny Mendick or um someone who's not trying to overpower and show the world how big and mighty and tough he is to put the ball a bat on the ball and get a run in, even if it's just one in that situation. You don't 
need to get them all at one time. Exactly. And, yeah. um, that that's your job. It, it, it's it's like the argument for Grandelli too. He gets on base, right? So he got on base and he done his job. So it's the next guy's job to move him over, advance him some kind of way. And it's the next guy's job after that to advance him again some kind of way, right? So that's how baseball is kind of designed is for everyone to do his job. And the great thing about baseball, the situations tell you what you need to do. If you got a guy on third and it's less than two out, that situation tells you what you need to do. You don't need to hit a home run. You just need to make contact to bring that guy in. The situation dictates. And you play to run. Exactly. The situation dictates. It tells you what you need to do. That's the beautiful thing about the game is it's a situational game. But overall, like I said, I'm happy with the White Sox. I'm extremely excited about this season. I can't wait for these guys to, you know, do well in June and then we move into the dog days of summer, as they say, the cliche goes. Dog days of August. <laughs> yeah, because we, we got a great team, and it's going to be even more exciting. The trade deadline is exciting this year because oh, yeah. who could we add? I mean, do we want to add a right fielder? Is is eating too uh, fragile? Is he too getting too old over the hill where he's not dependable? So maybe you want to bring in a, a more dependable young right fielder who can get the job done. Do you want to bring in enough another starter? Because you might not be a big believer in what Cease is doing right now. Or you might not be a big believer in. Uh, or you think Dallas is kind of on his way out, heading out, or you might think Rondon uh, can't keep doing what he's doing. So do you add a, another possible starter? Um, do you go get another bench guy? I, do- I, I think I've been uh, I've been talking myself the last couple of days. I want the White Sox to go sit at the table and see if they could grab Christian Yelich from the Milwaukee Brewers. Because Ooh. our corner, our Green. corner out, our our right field issue won't be just a this year issue. We got Oscar Collis in the fucking microwave right mm-hmm. there. That's probably about a two to three year bridge. Mm-hmm. I can rent one of these A plus outfielders just mm-hmm. for that much, just right before they got to get their second contract. You got sex with this too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yelkies, right? Mm-hmm. So. We got we got something in there. If we don't want to rush these guys, we are gonna have to press the button on one of these trades, though. That's the only way this shit can work out. That, that's what I'm saying. That's the interesting part about this season is we're in a position as fans that we're not used to. We got a chance to make the playoffs for the first time in back to. <laughs> Back to back years is unbelievable that we even we even <laughs> saying that, <laughs> but we got we got a chance to make the playoffs in back to back years. The team is playing phenomenal. No matter what, where you lie on the side of the coaching situation, the manager situation, whether you like TLR, you don't, or you somewhere in between, indifferent or whatever. We got a great team. We got a great squad. We got a Great group of, group of guys that's out there playing together every day. We got something to be excited about. We don't even have to 
really focus on anything negative. I mean, yeah, we could talk about improving the team. Hey, you want to bring in another right fielder? None of that is negative. But, I mean, we got no reason to be barking, fighting, kicking, clawing, scratching at each other because I like TLR, you don't like TLR, or you like TLR, I don't like TLR. I mean, you know, that's really taken away from your enjoyment of the season. So my thing is, everybody, every White Sox fan, you earned this right. You been cheering for bullshit since 2012. Yeah. And now your team is one of the top dogs in the league. And we not even focusing on the team. We focusing on some shit we ain't got no control over. Jerry going to do what the fuck Jerry want to do. TLI is the manager. Nothing you can do about it. Nothing you can say about it, whether you like him or you don't like him. He's going to be managing this team, good and bad, trying to get a ring. So really the focus should be on just how beautiful this team is and what's needed. To push them over the uh, the top, if anything is needed. You know, it, it's just really a beautiful situation. You know, it's like Mary J. Bly say, we, don't, we ain't got to have no drama in our lives. Nice, nice, exactly. <laughs> a lot, I think a lot of, yeah, Sox supporters, man, like just like you just touched on with TLR, with, with everything that goes on. I think what requires a Band-Aid, some people are amputating that leg. Like, just relax. You know, Jake, you know, like, just, they, they flow off the top. They get a little bit over, over have an overreaction. Mate, if something's wrong, let's just put a Band-Aid on it. We'll fix it. But so many people out there amputating. Just bloody, what about we go get Josh Reddick from Arizona, fill in that, you know, I don't know what it would take to get him, but I remember Herb Lawrence, Mac, one of your mates. Yeah said Josh Reddick before the season started on his locked on socks. Yeah. Um and 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 I haven't heard anything else about that, but I mean the Diamondbacks right now, twenty and thirty seven. I think they Surely lost fourteen. They can, or 15. they can finish last without with him or without him. Mm-hmm. What about a, a little bit bigger Aussie? What about Cattell Marte, the center fielder? What if we could poach him away? He'll fit right into a switch hitting, versatile, could play fucking twelve positions. Athlete, power, already I mean, club control. I mean, we don't, if you think I about like it, we, we don't need much. I mean, like I said, we could upgrade. Of course, you could upgrade over a rookie in Vaughn who's playing now. Of course, you can upgrade over Eden. I mean, I think Eden has done a solid job because he has provided a lot of, uh, drove in a lot of clutch runs for us. But, of, co- of course, you can upgrade. You know, but my thing is, we got a great team, and we should enjoy yeah. it. You know, I, oh, yeah. I, I, exactly, I, 100%. I, I love the fact, you know, I mean, Ozzy stay positive probably 100% of the time. You know what I mean? I like seeing uh, Mailman Jack. He positive most of the time. You know, he's not getting involved in anything. I like seeing uh, Nathan Sheba. Shout out to Nathan uh, Sheba. I mean, he's positive a lot of the time. I mean, we just had so much to be positive about as fans. I mean, there's no reason to take away from anybody enjoyment of the season because it's a great fucking season, man. I mean, you you have a chance to uh, 
sit back and enjoy something you probably have never seen in your life, which is the White Sox making the playoffs in back-to-back years. Is no need. Most of the time, he's bickering and fighting. Nobody really fucking knows each other. Besides <laughs> taking some pictures at a fucking game or saying what's up on Twitter, it's not like these motherfuckers coming to your graduation party or your, or your goddamn barbecues. You know what I mean? <laughs> they so, ain't got nothing on my forehead. Yeah, you know what I mean? So I don't understand. There's no reason to hate or dislike somebody you don't even know because they got a fucking different opinion than yours. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. This should be a time for everybody to be motherfucking high-fiving, knocking back a couple of shots. Yeah. Enjoying this great fucking season that's upon us. And you know, that's really my thoughts on everything as as far as we just man, we we don't know we we might be in the golden era of White Sox baseball. With the team we had. Oh, we definitely are. We we, we huh? could be looking at, don't want to go too far ahead, but we could be looking at back-to-back-to-back-to-back playoff runs. I mean, that's the golden era of White Sox baseball for me because I'm used to see, skipping several seasons before the next playoff run. You had, we had a playoff run in 2000. It didn't happen again in fucking 2005 where we made it. Happened in 2005, we had a great season in 2006, but we didn't make the playoffs, so that don't matter. 2007, didn't make the playoffs. We didn't make it again in 2008, and we really didn't have a shot in 2008. I mean, the, the, the glorious part of that season was the blackout game. So, yeah. So, I mean, this is what we all been waiting on. And, man, I'm just looking forward to having fun, man. Enjoying this, talking shit uh, every now and then, you know. And, and, and to be honest, my thoughts on the Indians is this. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. My thought <laughs> on the Twins is this. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. My thought on the Yankees is this. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. You motherfuckers. And that's, I'm taking that from a great Southsider. Fuck that. White Sox are great. It's time to have fun and enjoy the season, man. What what you guys got to say? Haven't got much to add to that, man. That was brilliant. That yeah, was brilliant. I, that fucking Yankees series fucked me up. It kind of scarred me for the rest of the year because I don't think my White Sox played that bad enough to get swept. First, uh, I, I watched all three games, and I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Every time the fifth and sixth inning rolled around, the game got hairy every fucking game. I don't think we should have got swept against the Yankees. I damn near think we should have took two out of three. Well, you know, Maybe. anytime you score, tell them, Ozzy, all they got to do is come sit on the couch and talk to us. We'll help you out. <laughs> yeah, we'll help you, mate. We'll help you. I think we, yeah. we touched it a little bit when you cut off a little bit before, mate. Um, but I, I agreed exactly what you just said. We didn't play that bad. We we kind of got woken up on how to contend against a good team is what I had said, but we weren't never out of the game. You give the Garrett Cole one, you know, you flip a coin, you go, we can win it. Maybe we can't, but the Friday and the Sunday game, if it wasn't for that triple play on the Friday, things could have been totally different. We came back on the Sunday with Andrew Vaughan going deep against um, Chapman, end up losing, but 
them the breaks, as they might say. And um, we went on to beat the Cardinals. So it's game on, mate. Go yeah. White Sox. Exactly. So thank you guys for listening to Black and White. We appreciate you. Hope you guys tune in again. Peace out. How you doing, people out there in uh, White Sox Twitter world and everywhere else? You're listening to Black and White with uh, Ozzy and uh, Green Eye Soup and myself, King Mac. How you guys doing?